Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. And so I just say good morning to everyone. I greet you in the name of the Lord. And good morning to our Zoom family. And as I said before, uh, we look forward to the day, the Sunday, when our Zoom family will join us here uh, in the church building. Because uh, a couple of weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, I heard uh, Pastor Morris on television talk about the difference between being in fellowship and being assembled. And he invited us to go into his garage and look at his truck. And uh, we're looking all around, and it's all there, but the body's on the floor, and the exhaust system is over here, and a couple of axles lying over there, and the wheels and tires are piled up in the corner, and so on, seats hanging from the ceiling. And and this is the way it was, but it was not assembled. And the difference is, when you put the ignition, the key in the ignition, and turn it on, whoo! You got power. And when we do that, when we all come together in the church, we have whoo, power. Come on. Come on. We have power. And it says in the Word of God in, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, that it's not, not to forsake the, the assembling of the saints together. Because there we uh, exhort each other. We encourage each other. And so we are looking forward to you returning. Uh, Zoom family who are able, we recognize that there are those who are, are, can join in with us who are not able. But those who are able, we look forward to you coming. So besides, we miss you, you know. We miss you. Because you are an encouragement to us as we hope to be an encouragement to you. So today I want to talk to you a few scriptures about the most powerful thing that you can hold in your hand today. And Moses, Moses held a rod out over the Red Sea, and the waters separated, and thousands of Israelites passed over along with their livestock and uh, on dry land. And David held a slingshot and five stones in his hand, and with one shot, he felled the giant Goliath. Samson held the the jawbone of an ass, and he slew 1,000 Philistines. And today we call them Palestinians, the same people, just a different generation. Yes. And so, today, the most powerful thing that you could hold in your hand is communion. I just hope that everyone has a cup, and if not, uh, one will be brought to you, okay? Jesus invites us in Psalm 23. He invites us to join him at the table that he prepared before us. Imagine, uh, just imagine yourself at that table that is prepared before us in the midst of our enemies. And his enemies are our enemies, our enemies are his enemies. And we have enemies, we have COVID virus, we have floods and fires, earthquake in Haiti uh, last week sometime, and we have governmental interference in our lives. We have abortion, the blood of which pollutes the soil of Canada. 
We have many problems, many problems. But when we take communion, we join ourselves with him. Communion is a one-on-one -on -one situation. You know, uh, anybody, all of us can be here together. But it's a one-on-one, -on -one, you and him. That's what communion is all about. We commune with each other. But we sit there with him, and we take communion today. So it's all about him. Why not? He's our creator. He's the one who made us. And in Colossians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18, it says, And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. That word consist means held together. He's like the glue that keeps it from flying apart, the whole universe. And so he keeps, he keeps it all there. He was before all things. Verse 18 says, the head of the body, the church, the firstborn from the dead, that all, thing, all things he might uh, receive the preeminence. So I don't pretend to tell you all there is about communion. I mean, I have many books on communion. But I don't, uh, you know, there's just, there's no words to really describe our appreciation of a communion. And so Jesus said, I am uh, the doorway, I am the open door. He's the open gate. And so it's better to be prepared than repaired. I said that before this went. It's better to be prepared than repaired. And today we take communion, which is part of being repaired. Uh, prepared, excuse me, maybe I was repaired for uh, eternal life. So in Mark 7, we have a little thumbnail sketch. You wouldn't believe how many times it took me to draw this little picture for you. And this is Jesus was at Genesaret. And he left there and he went over to the non-Jewish non region of Syrophoenicia. And uh, he was there, it mentions Tyre and Sidon. And, and uh, while he was there, he was approached by a woman who had a demonized daughter that she left at home. And uh, she wanted him to heal her daughter. And Jesus said to her in Mark 7, verses 20 to 30, Let the children first be filled with, with the bread, for it is not meat, it's not right, it's not the right thing to give the children's bread and cast it, cast it before the dogs. And she said, yet Lord, she addressed him as Lord. She recognized him as Lord. And she said, yes, Lord. Yet the little dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And she was willing to be addressed as a dog just in order to have the crumbs from under the table, the crumbs of power. There are power in the crumbs. And she was willing to be addressed that way. Gentiles, in the Jewish mind, Gentiles were dogs. And the word dog means unclean. Just like the lepers would have to walk along saying, unclean, 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 when they approached people. Well, Gentiles were considered dogs, and that word for them meant to be unclean. So then in Matthew chapter 8, verse 5, we have uh, Jesus where he's at Capernaum. And while he's at Capernaum, he's approached by a centurion who wants to have his servant healed. 
And Jesus is willing to go, but he said, oh, no, no, no. I can't have you come under my roof. I'm not worthy for you to be under my roof. And so he said, just speak the word, and my servant will be healed. And we are told in the word of God, his servant were healed, was healed that selfsame hour. So I just gave you that, ver that those two accounts because I wanted to speak about just a moment, just give you Psalm 70, ver 107, verse 20. Psalm 107, verse 20. And that Psalm, that verse says, He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all their destructions. And I mention that because that's what we do when we pray, when we gather together two or three in his presence, we can send his word and people will be healed. We can send his word as, a, as we meet in groups here today. We speak the word, speaking the word, not our opinions, not a, a, a bunch of other things, just speaking the word. Because we are told in uh, Isaiah 55, verse 11, his word does not return void, but it accomplishes whatever he sent it to do. And in Jeremiah 1.12, says he hastens. Some, some words uh, say he runs to, uh, to uh, perform his word. And even we were singing the song this morning that he's running after us. In the prophet Isaiah, there's a picture, a word picture of the crucifixion of Christ. And in this we read about how he is rejected of men, he was despised, and we hid as were our faces from us. Many today are hiding their faces from him, but they are not hidden from him. We never can hide from God. Study Psalm 139, and you see there is no way you can ever hide from God. And so we despised him, we rejected him, and so... There were many that day who were standing near that cross, who were, who were recursing him. They were spitting on him. They were uh, all manner of ways mocking him. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard to believe. These same people, many of these people, a week ago, a week before that, they were following Jesus, riding on a donkey into Jerusalem, uh, what we now call Palm Sunday. And they were crying out, Hosanna to the king of Israel who comes in the name of the Lord. God. I, that's the thing. We sing Hosanna, Hosanna here. I love to sing the Hosanna songs. But here they are at the cross despising him. I just want to go to about four things I want to talk to you about. And one is transgressions. He was wounded for our transgressions. Transgressions, the word trans means to cross over. And when you transgress, you have crossed the line. And so in the, in, it says he was bruised for our iniquities. Bruising is, um, is when we are given something by the Lord and we turn it out of its proper use and it becomes perverted. That's what uh, bruising, he was bruised for that. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And the chastisement is the punishment and the discipline that we should, we should have received because of all the sins. 
and by his stripes uh, we are healed. Stripes are scourging. These uh, sadistic Roman soldiers had whips in their hands, and whips had long tails on them, and sharp things were embedded in the ends of the tails. And every time they struck him, they dragged flesh off his body. Can you imagine that? Enduring that? It says in the word, he was like a lamb to the slaughter, and he opened not his mouth. And so, by his scourging, he was, he was just mutilated. In Isaiah 53, in the Passion Translation, 52, excuse me, Isaiah 52, verse 14, it says, Many were appalled at the sight of him. So marred was his appearance, like an object of horror. He no, he no longer looked like a man. And thank you for that, Brian. In, in Psalm 22, verse 14, it says his, jones, his, <laughs> his bones were out of joint. You know, can you imagine being nailed to the cross and dropped in that hole, and his bones were disconnected, his bones were out of joint. In verse 17, it says, I may tell all my bones. They look and stare at me. So while he was hanging there, he, he, could, see, he could see his bones because the flesh was ripped off him. And in, in Matthew 8, it just concurs that, the same verse. It says, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. In 1 Peter 2, 24, it says, by his stripes we are healed. So Jesus voluntarily took all this on himself, the sins of the world on himself. He took the diseases of the world on himself that we could live here healed, living a bountiful life, and being prepared for eternal life. And so it, because we are forgiven of our sins. And so I just want to talk about the bread as mentioned in John 6. I just invite you to read John 6 over and over. There is so much information in John 6. And in John 6, between verses 5 and 58, it mentions the word bread 19 or 20 times. As I said before, I, I counted them. But, you know, by the time I got a piece of paper and a pencil, I didn't know whether it was 19 or 20, so I just covered myself that way, okay? You can read and count them yourself. And so they talk about the barley loaves, five barley loaves. Barley was the first grain, uh, grain uh, crop that was harvested at the time of Passover. And so that's what was used to uh, make these loaves. And so from uh, Bethsaida, Bethsaida is where he, uh, where he performed the uh, miracle of the feeding 5,000 with five loaves and two fish, 5,000 plus women and children. And he left Bethsaida. He just uh, says he went up in the mountains. And the, uh, the disciples took a ship, and they headed across the Capernaum, just across the top of uh, the Lake of uh, Galilee. And uh, so uh, the next day, uh, the people woke up, and they, he wasn't there. So they, they took ship as well, and they came across to Capernaum. And um, so while he was there, while they were there, they started talking about the manna, how, how 
father, the Moses had given them the manna, and I don't know whether they expected him to give them bread for the rest of their lives. I don't know. But anyway, he started to say to them, I am the bread of life. And he says that in verse 35, in verse 48, and in verse 51, he says, I am the living bread. And if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, I will have nothing, nothing of you. What, what would you think if he said that to you uh, 2,000 years ago? And we are told in verse 6, chapter 6, verse 66, we are told that many no longer walked with him after that day. He just could not receive that. And Jesus said, unless you eat it, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, blood, I have, you can have nothing in me. And so I just want to say to you that every Hebrew letter in the alphabet has a value, has a numerical value. And the word man has a value of number six. And so we look at 666, three sixes, 666. And it says in chapter 6, verse 66, that they just turned away from him and nobody walked with him. Many did not walk with him after that day. And he turned to the 12 and he said, will you leave me too? And Peter said, Lord, you are the one that has eternal life. You have the words of eternal life. Where would we go? You know, I look at this church in here and I say, this church has a word of eternal life. Where else would we go? I pray that doors were open here. An invitation is open here. <laughs> Come in here every Sunday and hear about the word of life. So in the book of John, chapters 6 to 15, are uh, seven discourses about the two words, I am. And he said when he, healed, when he fed 5,000 men plus women and children, he said, I am the bread of life. And when he healed a, blind, a man born blind, he, he healed him, and he said, I am the light of the world. He said, I am the open door. I, own, I am the uh, open gate. In Psalm 23, he talks about himself as being the shepherd. He's our good shepherd, our great shepherd, our chief shepherd. And uh, so on, he talks about, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said to Martha, was complaining about uh, him a little bit, and if he had been there before, her brother would never have died. And he said, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. And in chapter 15, it says, I am the true and living vine. And so we can use these two I am words well, as well. We can say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Or I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. I am sitting here. I'm saying this to you. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. So are you if you are born again. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the salt of the earth. I am the head and not the, not the tail. I am above and not under. These are the words that can speak to you. And I have given you a little piece of paper, and I have lost mine again. 
and I could wave something else around at you, I suppose. But, you know, oh, thank you, Neil. <laughs> this little piece of paper, I hope you have one. If not, please take it home. On this piece of paper, there are 38 scriptural sentences about who you am, okay? And who I am. Please take these home, put them in your Bible, read them every day, know who you are. Know who you are. Know who you are. When Christ looks at you, this is what he sees. All these sentences. Know who you are. Know, who you're, know your identity. I get ahead of myself here. At the Last Supper, we can, we can pick up the accounts of the Last Supper in Matthew 26, in Mark 14, and in Luke 22. But I want to go to 1 Corinthians and just speak about a few uh, verses there. And in 1 Corinthians 10, verse uh, 8, 16 and 17 says, The bread that we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? And in the verse 17, it says, he, we are one bread, one body, and one loaf. And this one, 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 okay? One, one. And when we say that, uh, we are talking about Jesus Christ as being that one loaf. Psalm 133 is a, a psalm about unity. When we are united in our spirit, then we are that one body, we are that one loaf, and we are partaking of that one loaf. And in, in Corinthians chapter 1, 23, 24, we are told that he took up the bread and he broke it and he blessed it and he said, take and eat this. This is my body broken for you. And in uh, verse 26 of, of chapter 11, he says, often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do uh, show forth the Lord's uh, death until he comes. And I, I just, if there's peop uh, people here today who if you do not have the little cup, please put your hand up if you want to partake of uh, the cup because uh, if not, someone will bring it to you and thank you. Uh, that little piece of paper, I just, I just go back and talk about that because I want to thank, I want to thank Charlene who printed these off for me. And I want to thank uh, Melanie, who helped me this week, and Brian, who's helped me, and everyone who has been kind to help me uh, get things together this week. And so the blood, we sang, we sang nothing but the blood but, uh, before, but thank you. Uh, I, I don't think I have time. I only have five, ten minutes left. You have time? Okay. <laughs> Good. Come on, Shelly. Shelly and David are going to sing nothing but the blood of Jesus. We have these old songs. There's power, power, mighty working power in the blood. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Wonderful, wonderful old hymns that talk about the bread, that talk about the blood.
team that we had with us this morning. So, um, Jesus uh, took the blood and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant or the new testament shed in my blood for the remission of your sins. And it uh, especially says those words remission in, in Matthew 26. Um, remission means blotting out because uh, God has written a book of every one of us, every one of our lives, and in it is all the things we have ever done or said, and our sins, the word remission says, that blots out our sins. When we come to him and we seek forgiveness, our sins are blotted out and cast in a sea of forgetfulness or as far as the east is from the west. And so the day today is your choice. You chose to come here today. Salvation is your choice. Uh, baptism by submission is your choice, and several chose yesterday, and just we just say welcome to all those who uh, submitted to the water of the baptism yesterday and were sealed in the Holy Spirit, the Word tells us. And baptism is uh, in the Holy Spirit is also our choice, and I highly recommend it. So, in, um, so, but communion, not so. Jesus said, he didn't say, if you partake, he said, when you partake. And uh, that's important to remember. So, if we're here, here today, and we believe that Jesus was crucified for us, that he died bearing our sins and all the diseases of the world on him, if we believe that he has risen from the dead and is now enthroned at the right hand of the Father, if we believe he is our advocate, our, our lawyer, and uh, he is there interceding for us day and night, and he is here today. Yes, yes, he is here today, and he is waiting for us to commune with him. And so... Uh, we will take up the bread. Remember, we're doing this in the faith of God. I'd just like to say this to you about faith. This is a statement that the Lord gave me. Faith is what you do because of what you believe. And as I said before, you can go into the house, sit on a chair, look at the television all day, and it is not going to do a thing for you until in faith you get up, pick up the remote, Push a button that says on and select the program you want. It's the same with communion. You have to reach out, pick it up, and partake of it. Partake of that, all oh, many, the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. So many things have been provided for us if we just reach out in faith 
and pick them up. They are there for us. The armor of God is there for us. So, in faith, we see, we see in, uh, in uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, that faith is a fruit of the Spirit. In, in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 9, faith is a gift of the Spirit. And so, but James tells us this. 1 James 22, be doers of the word. Not hearers only, deceiving yourselves, deceiving ourselves. In, in James 2.17, it says, faith without works is dead. Well, we are not dead here, are we? No. We have the faith of God here. And so, in a church that I once attended, the pastor um, was talking about faith, and he was talking about chairs. And he said, when you came in to sit, sit down, all of you today, you just sat down because uh, you, 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 know, you had faith that the chair is going to hold you up. And as soon as he said that, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, that's because they know chairs. I ask you today, do we know chairs better than we know Jesus? Do we have faith in chairs more than we have faith in Jesus? Sometimes we have to ask ourselves hard questions. You know, where am I today? Who am I today? And so, I just would say that to you, that even now as we pick up the cup, pick up the cup in the faith of God, and pick up the bread in the faith of God, is anyone without communion? Everyone has communion? And so, you know, that we are told that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on the, uh, for them who are, have perfect hearts toward him. That's in Second uh, Chronicles. So please stay seated. Please just, if necessary, close your eyes and just immerse yourself in the communion. Just see yourself sitting around that table and break the bread because it's just you and him. It's just you and him. Close yourself in. It's just you and him. And just lift up this bread and we say we take and eat it in remembrance of him. Amen. Sometimes these are hard to open, but and we just lift up the cup, lift up the cup, and the same way he said, this is my body broken for you. No, this, he said, this is my blood of the new covenant shed for you for the remission of your sins. And he said, drink all of it. And we want to remember him. We do remember him. We bless this cup. We say, God, we bless this cup. This is the cup of blessing, the cup of salvation that we are partaking of and drink all of it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Jesus looks at us. This is what he sees. Okay, remember that? When he looked at Moses, Moses was out herding his father-in-law's sheep. And uh, God saw the deliverer of Israel. David was out looking after his father's flock. And God saw a king. 
Elisha was out plowing with his oxen. And God saw a man, a prophet, who would follow in the steps of Elijah. What does he see in you today? What does he see in me? Who am I today? Well, this is who I am. This is who you am. Remember that? Read this often. Know who you are. Know who you are. When you go out in the street today, walk out with the confidence that this is who you are. And I just want to just give me a few minutes to talk to you about some uh, miraculous healings that I've had. And I want you to know that these are available to everybody. Everybody. And the first one that I recognized was when my two daughters were being baptized in a, a solarium pool. And um, the pastor was giving a little sermonette about uh, the, what baptism is all about and your commitment when you are baptized by submersion. And during that time, three times he said, he interrupted his sermon to say someone's foot is being healed. And the third time he said it, I jumped right off my chair and I said, if nobody else wants it, I'll take it. And I got it. And I have not had that right foot hurt me since. I had a bunion on my right foot, the big, my big toe, and it was like a ball of fire. When it would activate, it was like a ball of fire. I have not had a pain sense in there. Another one I wanted to talk to you about is when I broke my back. I broke my back on Christmas Eve of 1979, running downstairs uh, to get potatoes for supper, and I fell, and bum, bum, bum. And I was yelling, Jesus, 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 and I thought I had paralyzed myself because I was numb from my hips to my toes. And, but I struggled to my feet. I got through Christmas Eve. I got through Christmas Day. But on Boxing Day, my husband took me to the hospital. My back, back was x-rayed, and I had broken the cochlea, the little bone off the end of your spine. I had broken it off, and it was protruding into my flesh. And it was very painful, and I said to the doctor, well, what, what will I do? And the x-rays just showed a little distance, but... Anyway, he said, well, you'll either put up with it or you'll have an operation. Well, I didn't really like thought of either one, so I phoned the pastor, and uh, I asked him if he would have the uh, elders available with oil to anoint me, even as has happened here today. And I just will read this so I don't make any mistakes, but I'm telling you, this verse in James 5, verses 14 and 15, you can be healed on this verse. I have been healed twice on this verse. And it says, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with the oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he has committed sin, they shall be forgiven him. And so they anointed me with oil and they prayed over me that day. And I went home, and in my living room, I had two settees, and they were just five feet wide. And so I couldn't sleep in bed, so I, my, I couldn't keep my husband from being able to sleep. So I slept on the settee, and I would put a pillow at one end, and I would sleep there for a while. 
put the pillow on the other end, and I would sleep. I just kept rolling back and forth through the night. And uh, this was happening to me between Christmas and New Year's. And on two days after New Year's, two or three days, I went back into Murray Centennial School as a teacher, never had a pain in my back since. It has never, and I never had a second of pain in my back since. And I just thank God, thank God. In Zion, when I was studying to be a missionary for India, I, um, I fell over a sleeping bag while I was carrying my computer. It was behind me, I stepped back, and I didn't want my computer to hit the floor, so I hit the floor. And uh, I had sciatica in my left leg after that. And uh, while I was studying at, at Zion, that was in May, and I had to go back in September, and I didn't know how I could ever sit there for four hours. So um, I was sleeping in my bunk, and there was nobody with me, and I'm looking up at the bunk, and I said, God, if I could just fall down the way I fell down, Maybe that would do it. And in that week, I had to go in and play the piano for, um, the, for our chapel. And the piano and the, key and the podium, were, um, the piano and the uh, pulpit, pulpit and the organ were up on a podium, more higher than this even. And so a uh, young man was with me. He was uh, writing up titles of songs for me to sing. And he mentioned one, and I said, oh, I, don't, I don't know that song. He said, Becky will come in, and she will show you. She will teach you. So out he went. I went around to the end of the grand piano, looking at the songs. He went, that's what I intended to do. I stepped off the podium, forgetting that's where I was. I fell on my hip with both feet up on the podium, if you can picture that. And I jumped up, and I said, thank you, God, I'm healed. And I have never had a pain in the, my hip since. I've never had a pain there since. I thank God. I just thank God. Believe it, believe it. God, he is our deliverer. He, he is our healer. And I think I better stop there while Pastor has a chance to close the service. <laughs> you, you said you had cancer too, right? God, God healed you of cancer, so... Twice healed of cancer. So, you know, if God will do it for Joan Jones, he'll do it for all of us. Amen? And it's just that simple childlike faith to say, you know, God, I'm going to keep trusting. And you know what I liked about your story about being anointed? You didn't get healed immediately. It happened a few days later. And sometimes we come for prayer at the altar. We get prayer, and we go home, and I still don't feel good. But nowhere did it say you'd be healed immediately. Sometimes it, it's a process. My father broke his back, or injured his back as well. He didn't break it. He injured it. And they said, I remember I was just young, and, and the doctor said, by the time you're 50, he was in his 30s, by the time you're 50, you'll be in a wheelchair because you have degenerated back. And I remember him coming home from work and laying on the floor all night long in pain. And he just kept saying, no, God is my healer. God is my healer. And over a period of 10 years, his back got better and better. And today... He'll climb a ladder with a bundle of shingles, no back pain, right? So, so healing is that is promised. Isn't that good? Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.